I would like to mention too. I closed him at the bar over several beers, so I, uh, I had to get <laughs> and he him. Remembers I, that? I, I had to get him. Yeah. I had to get him loosened up a little bit. But uh, welcome to the Night Genius Podcast. My name is Jesse. My name is Josh. And today we got Clinton Tyler out of Atlanta. So Clinton Tyler, they run a wholesale company, wholesale uh, buy and hold flip, just all real estate investment company called Padley Buys. This is a new company that they rebranded to, and today they're going to talk about all different things regarding mindset, entrepreneurship. Clint was actually a millionaire before getting into real estate, so he's going to talk all about his um, experience getting into the business. And then Tyler, he just joined forces with Clint to make this entire thing happen behind the scenes, so we'll hear a lot about how they made it happen. So what's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? Thanks for having us. Yeah. Excited to be here. I know, dude. It was like a long trip. Like we started driving at like nine thirty last yeah. night from Delaware. I don't know. You guys ever been to Philly or around that area? I have never been uh, further north of of uh, West Virginia. I guess seriously. Really? Yeah. Same. What about, what about Same. west? I, so I've been out west yeah. a bunch, yeah. but never like I've never been to the northeast really. So I've never been to like New York, Boston. Yeah, no. never. No. Ski, we go skiing in, in West Virginia and never gone oh, further. Yeah. So you don't have to go further. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys from uh, Georgia? Yeah. From here or? Yeah, I, I was born in South Georgia, but I uh, I moved around a lot when I was younger. But since I was about, I guess it was 12 years old, lived in the metro Atlanta area. Yeah, I'm from South Atlanta, south of the so, city. Do you guys always just stay around this Sunbelt area and never really went west towards like california or las vegas until like business kind of took you guys there pretty much yeah i'd never been i guess i went out skiing in colorado when i was a freshman in college but um other than skiing trips i'd never really been out um out west at all until i got into real estate really wow that's crazy okay yep yeah josh never been farther west in colorado as well until like this year when we went to future Future Flipper. flipper yeah and i got married in california he went out there for the same thing and kenny he never even flew on a plane until we went to <laughs> to california he was like holding on to me i was like i got him when there's like exit seats so he can get extra leg room because he wouldn't know what he's doing out there he's a big guy yeah my first time on a plane was my junior year of college and when i flew out to, to denver oh wow yeah i don't want to ever do a drive over four hours so if it's further than four hours i have to fly yeah, yeah. <laughs> same like you guys are are doing something driving down here from yeah. delaware yeah. Yeah. we gotta bring all the equipment we gotta, yeah. i mean yeah, no eventually we're gonna figure it out and then bring yeah. all the equipment via like plane or whatever but well the, the the plan for us is anyways it's like we're gonna get the 20 million dollars in revenue we're gonna buy a plane and, and buy uh, a plane and be flying wherever we want. Yeah. We want. Or you could do the yeah. podcast on the plane. That would be Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So many opportunities <laughs> open when you have so a plane. <laughs> like private jet plane. Yeah. 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 PJ. Okay, so, can you guys tell me like a little bit about your, your guys' origin story? Maybe starting with Clint and then Tyler. Yeah. So um grew up Metro Atlanta. Um went to college uh down at GCSU down in Milledgeville, small school. Most people have never heard of it. Um and uh, after college, uh, I went to work for my dad in logistics. Eventually thought I was going to be uh, owner of the company one day, and that was like the plan. And then I had a side hustle um, in sports betting consulting. Basically, we were selling our picks, and it ended up taking off where you know I was making about 100K a year working for my dad, and my side hustle was making me about a half a million dollars a year. Wow. So at that point, it made sense for me to move on from my dad's company. And that was a a very difficult conversation to have. 
but I made that move and uh, uh, I had a partner and uh, we we ended up doing, uh, had a pretty good business running, um, making a good amount of money uh, selling sports betting picks. And uh, after that, me and my partner decided to, um, I, I decided to leave the company. Uh, I just, I wasn't super happy at the time and uh, with what, how, how things were going. And uh, so I decided to leave and, you know, me and my partner are still boys. Um, the company is called Sports Analytics 24-7. Um, they're big on social media. Great company. If you're looking for sports betting picks, I totally recommend them. Um, but it just wasn't working out between us. We just had, uh, you know, different lifestyles and things like that. You know, I, I had a family. He was a single guy living in Atlanta. And uh, so I decided to, I decided to uh, um, leave the company and wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And I ended up selling my house. I lived on Lake Lanier here in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, a year before this, I'd bought my house for a million dollars living on the lake. And I decided to sell it when I left the company and didn't know what I was going to do. And when I sold it, I sold it for $1.25 million. And I did no work to the property, literally just natural appreciation. It went up 250 k in value over a year's time. And that is what sparked my interest in real estate. And so after that, decided to join Future Flipper, Ryan Pineda's mastermind, started learning about real estate, did my first deal a few months later, made 62 grand on my first deal. And after that, I was off to the races. And a few months later, I hired Tyler. We partnered up. And uh, now we, uh, a year later, basically from when I hired Tyler, we have over 30 people working for us. Oh, that's awesome. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, so mine's a little less exciting. Um, I worked in corporate America before this. I went to GCSU as well. Me and Clint were in the same fraternity in college. We weren't like tight, but we we were acquaintances and had a lot of mutual friends. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm from South Atlanta um, and uh, went to GCSU. After GCSU, um, worked in corporate America, kind of climbed up the corporate America ladder. I, I was actually... Um, I worked in like finance at law firm, like I just, I was like the collections guy reports and just really exciting job, but I'd already, I'd always like hustled on the side. So like I had done a flip on the side, I had a rental that I was playing around with and like, you know, I come from, my dad had a construction company growing up. I like flipped how, like we did renovations and I've always been kind of involved in real estate and always wanted to, to get into it. But, um, we, we, we lived in Atlanta and we had a kid and we moved up here to Buford and of course, I reached out. I had Clint. I had some other buddies that were around here, and uh, I was like, "Hey, y'all come hang out at the new house." It's like we're live. We live here now, so let's just hang out. And uh, uh, you know, I was talking. Clint was over. We were having a beer on the back porch, and I was saying, "I've got this duplex in Clayton County that I was trying to flip myself." And he's like, "I do real estate." And he's like, "You should come work with me." And I was like. I was like, absolutely not. Like I was finishing up my MBA. My company was paying for it. I had all this health insurance and gold handcuffs and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Clint, the closer, eventually closed me. And uh, the the rest is really history. He, he taught me into coming and working for him. And it's the best decision I ever made. Having a lot of fun running the company. And, and I've learned a ton in the last year. And uh, we're just we're just getting started. So, yeah. And I, uh, I would like to mention too, I closed him at the bar over several beers. So I, uh, I had to get <laughs> him, remembers I, that? I, I had to get him, I had to get him loosened up a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm super happy he made the decision cause we, uh, we work really well together. We, uh, I think that's extremely important when having partnerships is, you know, finding somebody who doesn't have the same skill set as you, me, I'm like super subjective and, you know, I'm, I'm good at sales and I like to, you know, think big ideas and things like that. And Tyler's like, 
hold your horses. Like, let's look at the analytics behind this and let's dive into the data and let's get these processes down. And I'm like, this is a, you know, this is a great partnership because he's good at all the things I'm not good at. So, so how did you, or how did you find out that Tyler had all those different skill sets that you didn't have? Did you find, did you know, did you always know that or? Um, so I didn't. So we went to college together. Um, and we were actually in the same fraternity in college mm-hmm. and I knew him and I knew his character. So that was the first thing I looked for is like, Hey, I know this guy's a good guy. Right. And, uh, you know, we align from a core value standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing was, I was like, this guy knows how to work on houses. Like he knows how to like actually go in and fix a house versus me. Like if, you know, I try to go fix my sink and if I can't figure it out in 30 seconds, like I'm moving on and calling a plumber. Like if I, I, I just can't do it. Uh, I don't have the patience for, uh, you know, figuring stuff out like he does. And, uh, I just knew like, I knew he had an MBA. So I knew he had, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, essentially training on, on running businesses and finance and things like that. Things I knew nothing about. And I just knew he was going to be good at implementing the things that the ideas that I wanted to do and, uh, the character, like I said, the core values lined up. Um, he was just, I just knew he brought a different skill set to the table. I had no idea he was going to be as good as he is. Um, but, uh, it, it worked out. Yeah. What lessons did you learn from your previous business that kind of made your path like kind of clear in terms of the house? Cause I talked to you, um, over the phone. I don't know if you actually remember that call because I think I just randomly texted you over Facebook and I was just like, hey, Clint, like, just gonna want to talk, pick your brain, whatever, because you had closed that like huge wholesale deal with the hedge funds and they had mentioned, I don't think, uh, they had mentioned it on like the Facebook group for Future Flipper. Yeah. And I was just reaching out just to reach out and you were like going on your boat and you're like, who, who is this kid? You know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that call. Yeah. I had talked to you before. I, I got a lot of those calls when I, yeah. when, when the news came out about that big $600,000 wholesale deal. Um, I don't remember it specifically. No, (laughs) because I think we really built the relationship after we got into REI degree with you and you and Tyler. But, um, yeah. What did you learn from your previous business that kind of set that path? Cause I learned from doing the wholesale business or building a business that they're pretty much all similar in nature. You know, it's operations, marketing sales to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I learned previously in my business was like, um, you know, the companies that market the best, not necessarily the companies that are the best at what they do, but the companies that market themselves are the ones that end up winning the most. Um, And I think that's something we were really good at. Uh, We were really good at marketing what we were doing. Um, I think we had an excellent product too. You know, we had, I think we had the best picks on the market. But uh, the reason we were so successful is because we were able to market ourselves so well yeah. uh, versus other companies. You know, they may have had a, just as good a product as us, but if they can't market as well to us, they're not going to get the sales we're getting. Um, so I learned that and, you know, that translated to real estate from a, uh, a standpoint of, you know, direct to seller marketing. Like we had to market, we had to learn how to market great. And uh, we're still getting better at that today, but, um, you know, I think, I think the marketing thing, I think, uh, you know, also learning how to, uh, you know, have 
like you can't be both doing the same things like you both like from a partnership standpoint you got to be focused on different sides of the business especially when you're small um so like when tyler came on board for instance i tasked him with direct to seller marketing i was like listen i can go out and hustle and get deals from realtors and wholesalers and we'll i'll keep the lights on you know we're gonna make money doing that but if you can figure out this direct to seller marketing that's gonna get us the deepest discounts on these deals so um I tasked him with that. That was like literally the first thing that he was doing was like, Hey, let's figure out text message marketing. Let's figure out that. Cause I had tried it, but, um, I just didn't have the bandwidth to really focus on it. Uh, when I, when I was doing it by myself, um, you know, I would, I would buy a list, get a deal and then I'd have to deal with a deal and I would, wouldn't be following up with my leads like I should. So I really tasked him with that and he's knocked it out of the park. And, uh, now he's got a marketing guy working under him and, um, uh, I think, I think, you know, not to get off, off topic, but I, th I think the biggest thing I learned is just like, you got to market yourself really well in business to be good. Yeah. And Tyler, like, what did you see in Clint that made you feel comfortable about taking that jump? Because it sounded like, you know, you come from, you know, a more traditional background and typically people are more risk adverse and a lot of people don't want to take that chance on somebody who's only been in the real estate business for, I don't know how many months. Right. Cause it's a new business venture for him. Yeah, no, it was, it was a tough decision. I mean, um, I was teetering on the edge, right? Like I was so fed up with my job. It's like, you know, I always knew that there was something like bigger and better out there for me. Um, and you know, it wasn't sitting in a cubicle working a nine to five for a law firm. And, uh, it's just, it's just, you, you go to you go to school and you get a, a few more letters after your name and then 15 years later you get promoted to management and then senior management and then if you're really lucky and you play all your cards right and the politics work out you make it to the CFO position or something and it's just it's it's just kind of like a boring way to live life and that was my mentality I guess that's part of the entrepreneur in me is that's just not a way that I wanted to live my life um, and uh, you know I knew that Clint had had a really successful business I knew who Clint was I knew he was successful in, in business and I knew him from a character standpoint in college um, and you get to know each other a lot in college you know who yeah. the true person really is um, especially at our school but um, no I just really trusted Clint because I knew that he had had success before and I knew uh, you know as we talked about talked through everything I knew that you know that was the missing piece that I needed. For, I had tried to start side hustles on, on in the past before, and it's like I get caught in the weeds, and I really, you know, I try to do everything myself, and I learn, and I try to do everything like that, and it's like somebody like that doesn't have the skill set of pedal to the metal, like direct the company grow higher like make those big decisions like bring in a, on a third partner that's just completely changed the trajectory of our company. I, I'm so in the weeds and, and, and I don't have that person to compliment me to like take off. Mm -hmm. And that's why we work so well together is because Clint is on a jet flying a million miles an hour and I'm making sure that all the pieces are putting together on the backside of it. hundred percent. And I want to say something, you know, about Tyler too, with, with his decision to make that. I think that, you know, that decision to join me is going to change the whole trajectory of his family's tree. Um, from a sense of, um, I've heard Ed Milet talk about it, you know, the one, mm -hmm. the, the one person that, that, you know, in the family tree that changes the trajectory of the family, uh, from a sense of financial success. And Tyler doesn't come from a lot of money. Tyler, Tyler, you know, worked his ass off to get, you know, his MBA, go through school. Um, he wasn't handed anything in life. And, 
him making that decision, I feel so confident that he's going to be the one to fa- change that family tree and, you know, really be able to provide a life for his kids and people after them even uh, that, you know, they didn't have before. And it, I think it's literally going to come down to that decision to join teams with me and, uh, you know, really be able to utilize his skill set versus being in corporate America, like he says, in a cubicle. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm really thankful he made that decision because uh, he's he's a beast. So, yeah, I really feel some type of way about that phrase, like the one. I love it because every single person who like joins maybe one of these wholesale companies or even my company and like I got Josh, I got Caleb, I got Kenny, all these people who have diff- who had different things, even my dad who had different things going on in their lives and for them to decide I'm not I'm going to stop doing what I've always done and to go follow this route, follow this leader who, you know, I have trust in. Like it's it's a crazy decision, yeah. right? But you know, by making those decisions at those forks in the road, like you look back at it and it's like that one decision changed my entire life. Like I, we were driving down here and it's like, oh man, you can only imagine the, the conversations you have on like 12 hour car rides. <laughs> like Josh and I were talking, it's like, dude, if I had grown up anywhere outside of Delaware, cause we were considering moving to Florida before we moved to Delaware we're from like South New Jersey. And it's like, if we moved to Florida, we'd be totally different. I'd be a totally different person. And it's like, yeah. So moving to Delaware, I, if I had not moved to Delaware, I would not meet Kenny. And had I not gotten to, you know, cleaning houses, I would have never gotten to real estate, at least maybe for like maybe the next couple of years. And it's just like one thing after another, you just look at the decisions that got you to where you are. And it's just like, you're able to trace back how you became the one. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. No. And, and, and you know, for me, like with what's happening with Tyler and we're not by any means to like where he's changed his family tree yet, but we're on the path in my yeah. opinion. And, uh, for me, it's like, man, if I could do that with more people, like that's, what's going to give me the most fulfillment out of life. It's not just making money and, and, you know, having cool things like that's, that's cool and all, but you know, I've all, I've been really, you know, thinking about my life's purpose of like what really matters, like what I really want to do in life. And it's really just help people and change people's life trajectory. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really thankful that I can employ 30 people in my, yeah. my organization now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, change all of their lives. So, um, that's, that's, you know, kind of what my, um, my purpose is now is like, and can I do this with another company? You know, cause I have all these big ideas. I want to do all these, all these different companies and things like that. And Tyler's always like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. We need to do this, do this first. But, uh, you know, I hope to be able to, you know, have another CEO, COO of a company that, you know, I can completely change their family's trajectory, things like that. So, um, it's just, it's just like one thing that I've really like over the past year, have really realized that it's just not about like the money and, and the things that come along with that. It's about like literally changing people's lives. It's oh, so freaking awesome. So after that bar conversation, <laughs> did you just immediately I had like three beers? <laughs> I, it wasn't, we weren't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, I, just to lose him. I, I wouldn't want him to make that big of a decision. <laughs> 10 drinks in. So I, yeah. <laughs> Cause I would like, if he did, <laughs> and we, if he did and we were 10 drinks in, I would have to call him the next day and be like, once he sobered up and be like, are you sure? Like, because that, that would the not. The decision that, was made before we went to the bar. So Let's just put it that way. Did you just immediately put in your two weeks and then like. Oh, that was a mess. So how, like, how did you transition from the nine to five into like being an entrepreneur? So this was still like 
pretty full-fledged COVID. So we were all working from home. So my office was in Buckhead and I went in probably like once or twice a week and it was just an empty office. So I didn't, I wasn't able to put, I don't think I was able to put my notice in face to face. Maybe I did. And my boss was just absolutely shocked because they were paying for my MBA. Um, and I, I negotiated to pay that. I think I wrote him a check for like 15 grand when I left to just like pay back for the MBA. Um, and I had like an agreement in place with them to like, I have to work for X amount of years before my MBA becomes like paid for or whatever. And, um, when I put my two weeks notice in, I had just gotten promoted to like some BS, like management title. Like I had direct reports and stuff. And, um, like I had just gotten promoted like three weeks before. Um, and, uh, you know what it was, that was, uh, that was, I had just had my second kid and I was on paternity leave for like a week or something with, I was with my wife in the hospital and I came back from paternity leave and I was like, I took a new job. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And what Tyler didn't allude to is that I literally matched his pay that he was making. So he wasn't taking a pay cut. I was not oh. taking a pay cut. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like. It was a risky situation because I didn't have a business that was really like viable yet, but I was offering to pay him the same thing he was making now. So that made the okay. decision a lot easier. Yeah, it was like it was like I took a small base pay cut, but I was getting like a percentage of the deals or something. Like I made I've made three times as much money in the last. I made more money in the deal the whole the big wholesale deal closed. I made more money that month than I did in a year at 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 my corporate job. So that it was not a pay cut. What the, the, the thing that was the issue was like, I had two kids come over here. Like the health insurance was a big question mark. Um, just corporate America benefits, which is it, just like looking back on it. It's just, it's, it was a dumb way that they, they, they throw the handcuffs on you really. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's on a path to ownership. Like we've got an agreement, an operating agreement in place. Once we hit a certain revenue level that he's going to get a percentage of the company. So, um, I mean, it's just, I, I wouldn't do that just for anyone. Like if Tyler sucked, I wouldn't have done that. But he, <laughs> I mean, he's literally like, he's a beast. And, um, you know, I'm, again, thankful to have you. Oh, that's awesome, guys. Yeah. So there's a lot of wholesale companies in Atlanta. You guys say that there was like 2,000 total wholesalers in the whole Atlanta metro. And it's just like, what makes you guys different than any of the other wholesalers? I know you guys have like a special method that you guys have been teaching us to the REI degree. But so can you guys speak more of like what you guys were originally doing, um, how you guys developed, what you guys are currently doing, and then like what is that trajectory? Um, yeah, so I think the, the, the difference between us and most of the wholesale companies is one, the talent level. I think we hire, you know, extremely good talent that – is not comparable in, in the market. Like when I, when I've talking to all other wholesalers, you know, their sales team and, and, you know, just their, their pieces, like they're just not as good. And, uh, we, we take a lot of time and only hire the right people. Um, the second thing is just our process of how, you know, we're transparent with sellers. Most wholesalers, they're liars. Uh, they, you know, and, and we did it too at, at one point and we had to have, you know, a, a hard look in the mirror about how we were doing things because wholesaling is like, you know, hey, you're not really buying the house. You're telling them, you're giving them an offer to buy the house, but you're not really buying the house. You're actually selling it to an end buyer. And what we were doing in the beginning was like, hey, our contractor's coming over when, when it was an actually buyer. Um, we just weren't 
you know, telling the truth. It wasn't like necessarily we were lying about what was going on, but we just weren't telling the truth. So we had a hard look in the mirror about how we were doing it. And we just started being transparent with sellers. And, um, we had, uh, you know, that, that limiting belief that it was going to affect us and we aren't going to be able to sell deals, but it literally had the opposite effect. I think it's, it's a, a better way to do business and, and the sellers appreciate the transparency. So that's definitely a big difference for sure. And I think, uh, the reason why we're going to succeed in this market and in, in Atlanta compared to these other people is because we are very aggressive with hiring. We, you know, we're going to continue to hire. I would say we're going to add five more acquisitions, uh, and a few more dispositions by the end of the year. Uh, and you know, having that big of a team, uh, we're just getting in front of more sellers. So I think that's why we're going to be more successful in Atlanta than anyone else. And our plan is to be the biggest, um, right now, uh, in Atlanta from, from just an Atlanta perspective, like we're not too far behind right now. Now there is new Western and Keekly and, and, uh, you know, some of the other big wholesale companies that are nationwide that are doing the most deals here, but from just an Atlanta market perspective, we are not behind very far right now. Yeah. I mean, it really is like the talent level of who we hire. We don't cheap out when we hire people. Um, we pay very aggressive commission structures, you know, our sales guys, make a bunch of money um, and they're really, really good at what they do and they have complete ownership over the entire process, right? Like I'm not approving comps. I'm not, nobody, the acquisitions manager is not reviewing deals. Your deal is your deal. You buy it. And then if we sell it, we sell it. Um, it's, it, they have complete ownership of the process and really the transparency piece um, and uh, really truly, truly believing that, getting in front of the, the right sellers that, that have to sell their home, that we are the best option in the state of Georgia to sell their property. Um, we have the CEO of the company um, on a dialer during the day talking to buyers, um, qualifying buyers and driving out to properties and busting his ass to to sell these properties for the for the company. And it really takes like that's that's the extent that we're going to sell these people's properties because we truly care about them. We truly believe that we're helping these sellers out through tough times, tough they're all in different, every one of them is different, but at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're helping them out. We're not, you know, trying to sling their house for the, and make a bunch of money off of them or whatever. It's literally like, you know, you, we want to help you out. You're going through a divorce. You're going through your, your mom just died or whatever the situation is, we're going to be the best person to help you out with. And we're going to be completely transparent about the entire process all the way through. Yep. And I think one thing that I didn't mention or Tyler didn't mention is um, our marketing budget. We spend 25% of revenue every month, the next month on marketing. So say we make, you know, 400,000 one month, uh, the next month we're going to spend a hundred K on marketing and that's going to supply our acquisitions team to be able to lock up more deals because they're going to have a bunch of leads coming in and most companies wouldn't be willing to do that. You know, they may have a great month and, and just take some of that for themselves where we're aggressive in taking that money and throwing it back into leads. So our acquisitions, people can continue to get better and, and have more people to talk to. Yeah. And a really, really a pivotal, like thinking back on it, a pivotal moment in the company's history, <laughs> how brief that may be. <laughs> it was, we had a huge deal that closed. Um, we had a, a really good marketing piece that was working really well for us. And, um, we got this, we got a deal. Um, and, uh, you know, we sold it and we made a bunch of money, $600,000 and we could have gone to Europe and taken two months off and partied our asses off and just, just had just went off into the sunset and then we'll we'll work when we run out of money that's not what we did 
we put our heads down and we got to work. We, we, we took bonuses that were not substantial. And I mean, they were, it was substantial. There's a lot of money, but it was not a huge piece of that pie. We took a bunch of money and reinvested it. We invested in marketing. We reinvested in building out infrastructure, building out teams, hiring right people. And it puts us in positions to make big decisions that Clint helps push the company. in. we took that, we took that big win and turned it into what we have today. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a crew and, and playing our cards right with that was, was, was massive to be, to what we are today. Yeah, and and that six hundred thousand dollar wholesale, I technically didn't even pay myself on it, which is like, you know, if you think about most people, if they made a six hundred thousand, they get a wire for six hundred thousand dollars, they're gonna go out and pay themselves and make. All I did was pull out some money that I had initially invested in the company, uh, but I never took a bonus from it. So it was like I took some owner's investment out, uh, but majority of that money went to more marketing and hiring. Um, and that's why we are, that literally was a, just such a company changing moment because we invested in growing a team and invested into marketing. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a huge moment in the company. I don't think we would be at 30 people right now if we wouldn't have made that decision instead of, we could have gone out like Tyler said and partied and, you know, lived the high life for a little bit, but that wasn't what I was you know, $600,000 that only lasts so long. I wanted to build something that's going to last a long time and, you know, make a lot more than $600,000. So that was, you know, like Tyler said, it was a a huge moment in the company and I'm I'm glad we handled it the way we did. Yeah. So what was the $600,000 deal? So, I will, I will start this. And Only deal I've ever closed, by Tyler the way. Closes <laughs> Tyler closes his deal. Tyler closes closed more deals. So let me tell you the story about this. So <laughs> so we get a call, um, and we, we're sending out fake checks. Like these fake checks is a direct mail piece, and it's got like soft offers on it, basically. We get, a, we get a guy on the phone. It's in McDonough, Georgia, which is where Tyler's from, and he's got nine houses. And he's basically looking at these fake checks that have soft offers on them, and he's like, you know, he got nine of them and for nine houses and we he was like yeah i'm i'm good with this guys can we do it and uh so i'm like so me just knowing my uh, uh um I, I was our acquisitions manager at the time closing all the deals and i'm like nine houses this is a lot of work to look into like i don't i don't know if i want to do this so i'm like tyler can you look into this so tyler starts looking into it starts talking with the seller and we ended up having lunch just right up the street from here uh and he shows up in a cowboy hat and a bolo tie like super old school die guy he wanted to get face to face and uh, we had lunch with him and we we're like let's do this so um tyler ends up agreeing to it and there's tenants in place. So that was going to be a complicated thing. We got to sell them with tenants that, and it's rented out for about half of what market value is for rent. So this is a time when the market's super hot. This is March, you know, 2022. And, uh, uh, so Tyler locks them up. So we go start, we start doing all the inspections, get all the pictures. And we realize that the tenant has the right to, uh, extend their lease at the same price, which is like, it makes no sense why a landlord would ever for put like that in two place. years. So they could extend wow. their lease at the same price, uh, for two years. I don't know why he had that in his lease. He's a very, uh, genuine, gen, uh, generous landlord. Uh, but so that was a big hiccup and we basically had to get him to go sign from all the tenants saying that this was, this part of the contract was null and void for us to be able to sell it. So I started getting on the phones and started pitching it at some of the hedge funds in the area. And we're under contract at 1.38 million. Sorry. 1.48 million. So I'm like, man, I think this is a great deal. Like all these houses are pretty nice. Like they're 
all fairly newer. Like they look like good track homes, like perfect for a hedge fund. So I start calling some of the hedge funds in the area. I, and I'm getting some, I'm pushing out at 1.9 million. So we would make about, I guess, $400,000 on the deal. If we sell at 1.9 million, like this is a huge opportunity. And I'm still like not sold that this is that great of a deal. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, maybe, you know, we might make 200,000. That would be great. Like I'm, I'm still not sold. And so these hedge funds are like, yeah, we can do the 1.9 million. And then I start getting like, okay, these guys, like I can get these guys in a bidding war. Um, ends up so i start negotiating with them and uh i get one of them all the way up to 2.1 million so he went up i went up two hundred thousand dollars on what i'm basically blasted it out to all of our buyers at. and uh he's like all right good and so we got the the leases handled the the land or the owner went to all the le- all the tenants and got the lease assigned and uh we closed it avoiding in. the the ability two to extend yeah. yeah and uh so we had we originally had i think 45 days due diligence and 60 days to close. We ended up closing it in 30 days and we got a wire for $607,000. Wow. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was wild. Like I, seller uh, was so happy. He was so happy to get it all done. Didn't have to mess with the tenants. He was like 70 years old and he still got one house that we're going to buy from him eventually. And, once he gets done building his truck in the backyard, then he'll he'll, he'll buy the tenth one. <laughs> yeah, so it it was just like it was just wild when you get a, a wire for six hundred seven thousand dollars, just absolutely insane. And it was funny, like that was the biggest wholesale that we did closed ever by far. Next day, we closed our second biggest one ever. It was like eighty nine thousand. Uh, so we had a we had a we had a solid week. It was a solid. Week. It was That's a seven. Crazy. It was a seven hundred thousand dollar week. And uh, um, I mean, again. If we, we could have done some things with that money and where we didn't reinvest with the company, but luckily we made the right decision. And that's why we are here, you know, with over 30 people working for us, building a real legit business. Because at that time, we weren't really viable then. It was me, Tyler. We had a few more employees, but we didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't have a huge team. Like, we would not be in this position without that deal. Yeah. Were you guys running the same sales process with that seller asking him for access right you asked for access in order for him to get this price right and then how did that due diligence phase go with like the hedge funds being able to do they inspect each and every single property or do they buy sign scene uh they definitely inspect and they went and saw them all in one day we scheduled that with our project manager at the time um no this our sales process was completely different than it is now we've changed our sales process probably like 10 times in the past year uh and that i think that's why we're we're um you know, gonna succeed is because we continue to change things. We t- continue to get better in our processes and how we do things. Uh, but no, our, our sales process was completely different then. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think again, that's, that's why we're going to be dominant in this market is because we continue to adjust and continue to get better. So did you tell him that like, Hey, I'm going to find a buyer and it's probably going to be a hedge fund? Um, at the time we didn't know. Um, we, you know, honestly, it would have been a great rental portfolio for me to take down and keep. Um, but we weren't really sure what we were going to do. We wanted to wholesale them. We did not tell them that we had a buyer, you know, back to what I was saying, you know, we, we kind of had a hard look in the mirror about how we were doing things. We didn't lie to them by any means, Mm -hmm. but we just didn't paint the full truth. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm glad we've, we've fixed that issue since, but no, we weren't, you know, completely transparent about what we were doing. But at the end of the day, he was, and happy. we didn't list those houses. On the yeah. MLS we didn't, anymore. we didn't list those houses on the MLS, but he was, he was just happy with how it went down. You know, we got his money, you know, he got, 
two or one point four eight million in thirty days. So yeah, uh, he he definitely wasn't. Uh, he he was happy with how the transaction went. For sure. Yeah, he teared up at closing. Said how happy he was and how his wife had just passed away, and then we helped him out. And yeah, it, it was a great transaction all around. Hundred percent. So have you both both of you guys always been like get a six hundred thousand dollar check? And then immediately invest it all back into the company and not take anything or like, how did, how did that go? Like, yeah, really, I, how, I, how do you develop like, that? I mean, that's, that's just a thing. Like, I mean, you don't get $600,000 checks very often. At least I don't. Uh, I hope one day I'm getting them very often. <laughs> yeah, but, too. but right, right now, I, I, I mean, it was just one of those times where like I had a hard look in the mirror and I was like, I could, you know, take this money, you know, pay out commissions and I could have. You know, after after all commissions were paid, I could have five hundred thousand dollars for myself. Uh, I remember our uh, lead manager at the time; he got the biggest check he ever got from that deal. Tyler got the biggest check he ever got from that deal. But uh, I just looked at it like, "Hey, I'm in a financially stable place. Let me take this money and let me double down on this business. Like, we just made six hundred thousand dollars. Let me put pour this back into the business and make it something so much bigger and so much more profitable." Um, I think it's just, uh, you know, I don't know why I decided to do that. I think it was just because I was in a financially stable place. And maybe maybe if I wasn't in a financially stable place, I wouldn't have made that decision. But I think if you have, if you're in a good place and you get an opportunity like that to double down, you should do it. Clint goes with his gut a lot. And it's not like, it's not, again, like this is the visionary CEO kind of guy. His gut's right like all the time. And if it's wow. not, if it's, if it's not, I'll call him out on it. But he says something like, you know, his gut is, is like, dude, we could take this and we could, we could build this business out huge. And so then that decision's already made. It's not like, it's not like thought out over a month. It's not like analyzed deeply or whatever. And then it's like, Tyler, how can we make this work? And then he suggests ideas. I implement them. And, and, and that's, it was, we've used it as a cheat code to where hopefully, you know, a year later in May, we're getting 600, you know, our revenue will be 600 K a month. And that's just like a normal month for us. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I'm super subjective with decision-making. I don't look into a lot of data. I don't, you know, read into stuff too much. If it feels good to me, I'm going for it. So So how do you guys come up with the idea of getting that third partner, adding rent to the business. Cause I just, I just showed up on the call one day. It's like, Hey guys, we got a new partner. You know I was yeah. like? The day that, the day that we, we hired. So there's been a big, big company decisions that have been made. I think the first one was when me and Clint, you know, partnered up. The second one was the big wholesale and deciding to reinvest in the company. And then the third biggest decision that we've made in this short time was, was bringing rent on as a partner. So Ren was our Ren. We we've another thing that Clint's always been hammered on is is spending a lot of money on coaching and investing in developing your your knowledge of the game, right? So we've went in all the mastermind, CG, Future Flipper. We've done Tiffany and Josh's program, and we've learned a ton from all of those things. Ren was actually our executive level coach that we found out about. He had he had just begun taking on clients, and we were like I think his third or fourth client for his coaching client. And when we started having these hourly long calls, we were paying like three grand. We we're paying like a grand an hour to just have a call with him once a week. And wow. uh, and the, the amount of value that he was able to provide, we were just like, this guy is incredibly high level. So he, he was uh, he. We hopped on a call with him one day, and uh, we were like, how was your how was your weekend, man? How was your Fourth of July weekend? He was like, not so great. And I'm not going to get into the details of what happened, but um, they they separated their employment uh, at his at his job that he was a CEO of and part owner of, and um, 
we, Clint, immediately, without thinking of any of the repercussions of how much it would cost or anything or a well-thought-out plan or anything, we're seven minutes into this call and, and Clint goes, come work for us. And Rin was like, Rin, Rin was like, uh, draw up a plan. We'll see what happens. <laughs> who, who draws up the plan? <laughs> I draw up the plan and uh, Clint closed him. And uh, that was gigantic for the company. Uh, Rin, uh, Clint made the decision, huge decision. I would have never even thought to have even asked about him oh joining, gosh. but uh, Clint is able to pull the trigger within uh, 30 seconds of learning the, the options there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it kind of how it went was like we had that meeting with him. We found out he was leaving his old company and he was doing at his old company. They were doing 100 to 125 wholesale deals per month, which is probably top. I mean, it is. It's top five in the nation. Uh, so they're, they're a top five in the nation wholesale company. So, and he was the CEO of it, started out as COO and he's CEO. And I had been on those coaching calls with him once a week. And like, like Tyler said, we were paying about a grand an hour and I just saw how high level this guy was. Like he was so dialed into every piece of the whole wholesale business. When he told me that he was leaving the company and he was deciding what he wanted to do. And he actually said, you know, Hey, I want to go to the Atlanta market. The Atlanta market is like, you know, we're in nine markets and the population in Atlanta is three times as big as the nine markets combined. And, and you know, the price point is so much higher. So your average profit per deal is going to be so much higher. He's like, I'm going to just start a company and, and, and do business in Atlanta. And I was like, well, you know, that immediately sparked my attention. I was like, man, we got to find a way to get this guy. This is like LeBron James just became a free agent and we have the opportunity to get him. So I was like, hey, you know, Ren, we've got, uh, you know, some infrastructure here. We have some some people in place already. We're here located in Atlanta. Like, why don't we just join Versus? Let's work out a deal. And uh, basically we started negotiating and then um, we gave him an offer. He came back. I remember we had a long weekend and like literally I could not sleep all weekend thinking about this. I, I was like, I remember, oh, I remember texting Tyler late at night, like we got to do whatever it takes to get this guy. Like we have to. And, uh, so me and, uh, we got back on the call Monday after we gave him the offer and he's like, guys, like, I just don't know. Like I met with some of my mentors this weekend and I'm just not sure if it's for me yet. You know, I need some more time. He was coming back with a hard no. It, yeah. He, he was basically coming oh. back with a hard no. And I addressed I came into the meeting basically to address every concern and also up the offer quite a bit. Like I was prepared to up it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, I come back with him and every objection he brought to the table, I, you know, I overcame it and I offered him a lot more money and I think it's going to be the best money I've ever spent, um, you know, just along with Hire and Tyler. Uh, because he is just that high level. It's literally like LeBron James came available in free agency and we got the guy like, um, you know, just a huge monument, monumental moment for the company. And I just saw the opportunity. All right. Like I just saw the opportunity that we could level up so quick with this guy. And, uh, now last month he's been on board for three months. Last month we closed the most deals we've ever closed in a month. And we have, we have doubled our, our staff in, in two months or two or three months. Uh, maybe more than double, yeah. like close to three times our staff in, in two to three months. And um, we're headed just so much bigger. We're headed to where we're yeah. going to do over 100 wholesales a month in Atlanta. Like it's 100% going to happen. We He knows the path how to get there and we're going to get there because we're all willing to put in the work. 
And especially with the way the markets turn um, in the past few months, like, you know, you need all hands on board. Like Tyler said, you know, I'm, I'm out there cold calling, like with the team, um, you know, Ren's doing acquisitions with the team. We are, you know, all hands on deck and that's why we're going to succeed in this market versus, you know, there's maybe 2000 wholesalers in Atlanta right now, you know, in six months, I think there's going to be 200 because of what's happened in the market. People aren't going to adjust. People aren't going to be willing to put in the work because right now, um, you know, to get great result, to get good results, you have to be great before you could be average and get great results like that 600 K wholesale. There is 0% chance that would happen in this market right now. But, uh, we are willing to put in the work to be great just to get good results right now. And that's why we're going to survive. That's why we're going to continue to succeed. And that's why when the next bull market comes around and there's not, you know, uh, a 10th of the wholesalers around, we are going to dominate and we are going to rake it in. Yeah. So going back to, you know, Ren coming back with the objections, like what were some of those objections that he came back with and what did you do to like overcome them? Like, what did you say? And like, dude, is that, is that something <laughs> so, we can yeah. talk about? Or no? Yeah. So we can talk about a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't want to get like into fine details, but Ren, Ren is very motivated by money. And I knew that. And uh, <laughs> so it, it had a lot to do with money, right? Um, you know, I think I think he believed in us. I think he, you know, we aligned from a core value standpoint. He had been he, our coach for three, four months. So he yeah, knew us pretty well. Yeah, he yeah. knew us pretty well. We were hopping on an hour call with him once a week. And uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, I knew what he wanted, which was money. So I figured let's offer the house to him. Um, and he's going to be a partner in the company, you know, during, uh, um, once we reach a certain revenue level, just like Tyler. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was a, you know, a great thing for Tyler. Cause that pushed that forward <laughs> for sure. Like, uh, I mean, Tyler would have been a, a, an owner of the company, have ownership in the company eventually for sure. But getting Ren pushed that ball forward a little bit faster. And, uh, I'm, I'm super thankful to go to work with those guys every day. Cause they're just both you know, absolute savages at what yeah. they do. And you guys are going to meet, y'all will meet Ren at CG this week and you'll know instantly that you, you've met us, you get us, like you understand us. He fits in like well, right? Like he culturally, like we go out on the lake, Clint, they go fishing. Like he comes up, when he comes up to Atlanta, he stays at our house, right? Yeah. Like with our kids, you know, he's having breakfast with my kids in the morning. Like he fits in, he, he's a great culture fit, core value, fit. core value fit. He's hilarious. Um, and he's just a good dude. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like, you know, back to, you know, being a leader of the company and like from a CEO standpoint, I have to hire people that are better than me at things. And Ren, it's like I said, again, back to the LeBron James comparison. It's like, you know, he came available in free agency and we got the best player in the world to come join our team. And, uh, you know, he's, he's better than me at this wholesale business. He knows it like the back of his hand. Um, and I've got to continue to, to hire people and and partner with people that are better than me at things. That's how I'm going to get to the next level. And to add to that is like the, the calls that, cause we, we were probably, we had a call with him on Tuesday and the, the, you know, he, the, the thing that happened with his company happened over the weekend and if we hadn't pulled the trigger as quickly as we did, which I would have never considered had Clint not been on the call, the people that came out, I'm not going to say who they are, but the people that came out wanting Ren to join their team weeks later down the road, once we had already signed the contract and sent the wire, thankfully, uh, 
it's uh, you you would know who they are. Like they're the big dogs. And yeah. one of the conversations I had with Ren was just like, I was like, why why us? Like he was like he was like you were the first one that asked. <laughs> so it was just pulling the trigger yeah. that fast. I mean, the people that were coming out asking him to come join their team are like mammoths in the industry. Yeah, compared to and, us. and if I like going back to Tyler said like. I mean, those people that wanted him are some of the industry titans, literally. And the reason we knew before them about the news is because we were a coaching client of Rents. And if I would not have sent him a wire, because uh, we didn't have an agreement in place. The, the You know, an operating agreement takes a while. Lawyers got to draft it up and everything. Like, it was going to take a little bit of time. It wasn't going to get done immediately. But I wanted to show good faith, so I sent him a significant wire. <laughs> And, uh, that, that is literally why he's being, because if I wouldn't have sent him that wire, it would have just been a verbal agreement and not saying Ren would go back on his words, but, um, you know, the people that were offering him were a lot better than us, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a, a lot, you know, literally industry Titans. And, um, you know, it just goes back to, you have to, when you have an opportunity in front of you, you have to make quick decisions and you have to act quick. Otherwise that opportunity can go away so quick. So I am very thankful. I sent him that wire. And, uh, because at that point, you know, he came on and said, like, he told me, he was like, I probably wouldn't be here today if you didn't send that wire. Uh, and, and, uh, and I was like, wow. And I literally just sent it like blind faith, no agreement in place, uh, you know, a significant amount of money. And, uh, I, I'm just, I'm thankful I did that because, He's a guy of integrity, and he was like, I gave you my word. You sent me this wire. I'm not going to back out now. Like, these guys want me. And we ended up having some meetings with some other guys who were, like, wanted to join forces with us. Like, got meetings that we got. with. We would have never – they would have never even responded to our DM. Like, yeah. They, I mean, they would never even consider us. But the fact that we had Ren and they wanted Ren, they were considering wanting to partner with us. You know, some of these, some of these guys that are, you know, huge guys in the industry – and, uh, uh, you know, it goes back to, like I said, the character fit, the core value fit. Um, I acted on the opportunity quick. Uh, there's no chance he would be here with the people that reach out to him once the news broke that he was leaving his company, uh, unless I sent him that wire. So it's like you get an opportunity like that. You have to act super quick. Otherwise you'll, you'll lose out on it. And that will be, you know, a monumental change. It'll be, it'll be the biggest change in our company, uh, ever adding him to the team because he knows how to get us to a hundred deals a month. It may have taken us six, seven years to figure that out on our own. And we may have never, never gotten there, but the fact that we got him, we're going to be there in a year's time. How do you guys develop that type of mindset to be able to look at creating such a ginormous pie with Ren versus, okay, you guys just to you guys, you guys are able to swallow up a lot larger of a profit margin personally to support your guys' family Versus now you have a third partner who is very valuable and, you know, signing LeBron onto a team is not cheap. Signing a Steph onto a team is not cheap. And there's a risk that somebody gets injured. Like, you know, you see what's it called? Russell Wilson versus Gina. Yeah. Right? It's like everyone's wasting their money on Russell. Yeah. It's just like, sure. I don't know. How, how did you, where did you get that foresight to really see the trajectory that your company could go? Yeah. I think it's just intuition. Um, 
<laughs> again, again. Hey, I'm, what did I say earlier? He went with his gut. gut. Yeah, his gut's I, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very subjective in making decisions, but I just knew the caliber of person he was. And, and you know, from a core value standpoint and an operational standpoint, like the guy is dialed in. So I was, you know, if he asked me for even more money, I was going to be willing to, I was pretty much willing to do give this guy everything I had to, to make this happen because I knew <laughs> I, I really was. I mean, I, I, I really was like, he was that high level and I knew like it was going to be such a good thing for our company. If I, I, I could do it. And from, from, you know, back to, you know, when I left my dad's logistics company to go work in a whole nother field. Um, and you know, I was going to get ownership of my dad's company one day. Um, it goes back to taking risk. All of my biggest rewards have come from taking big risk, and and when you have an opportunity that's as great as some getting someone like Ren, you have to jump at it and you have to you know move very quickly because those opportunities don't last long. And the analytics side of that, which is the the part that I that I kind of worked out, Clint was like, we got to get him by any means necessary. Um, you know what we what we did is to put it in perspective, it's like you know me and Clint took this business to where we had an acquisitions department. We were selling deals. We, we, we were, we were a viable company before we brought rent on. Right. And we were consistently closing a hundred grand a month. Like we were doing, it was, it was a, a well fine tuned operation. Right. Yeah. Now when, if, if I were to go to someone who just wholesale, just slung their first deal, they just, you know, they closed their first wholesale, they made 15 grand. If he, offered me, Hey Tyler, I'm going to pay you $15,000 and a bit, you're, you're, you're just, you and Clint's partnership just broke up. I'm going to pay you 15 grand sign a bonus. Come work for me. I want to get to where you guys were. Cause I, I know Tyler, you're high level and you're going to get, help me get there. I could have that company. If it was just me and another person, I know how to hire. I know how to market. I know how to do all this stuff. It's like kind of boring, honestly. Right. Cause I know how to do it. I've done it. I'm just doing the same stuff over. I could get that person to 100k a month wholesale revenue in in less than six months, right? It's the same thing with Ren. Is that Ren's company was closing what I don't know a million, million five a month or something like that? So they had some two million dollar months. They had some two million dollar months. Uh, no, I think they were consistently closing over two mil a month. Yeah, yeah, their profit they deal was do, lower. They were going to do about twenty five million this year. Right. Okay. So twenty five million in wholesale fees, and like they were they were focusing on. You face different property, different problems as a company when you go from a hundred k a month to a million a month or half a million a month or whatever. Yeah. And the different the different things that you start realizing you have to do is you you can't like me, Clint, and Ren, the the executives of this company, we can't like hiring becomes an issue. If you got to hire ten people a month. You got to interview 50. You got to, you got, you know what I mean? And then you have to have systems and processes in place that are, that don't work, that don't work if they're not fine tuned at a hundred K a month, they're going to break when they get to a million a month. Like it's just shit is going to hit the fan. But bringing somebody in like Ren, he's like, he's like, dude, I can get y'all from a hundred K a month to a million a month, like in six months. Like that's boring to me, right? What they were focusing on was getting from, 25 million to a hundred million. That's the problem. Like once we get to the level where we're hitting million, million, five, two million a month in wholesale fees, that's when it's going to be like, all right, now we got to rethink things. How are we going to get to the next level strategize right now? We're in execution mode. Ren has the game plan. He's laid it out for us and he's helping us execute it. And he's like, guys, this is boring to me. I have every time we go to him with a question, he's got the answer. And it's, it's, every it's time. real every single time. And he, he, I get, I'll wake up with like, he's an hour behind us and I'll wake up with like 50 text messages of like, 
this is broken. This is how we fix it. This is broken. This is how we fix it. This is broken. This is how we fix it. And it's, it, the language is a lot better than that, <laughs> but, uh, but it's just like, he has the roadmap to get us to, to what to us is an astronomical number, right? A million dollars a month. Holy shit. Right. We thought we were going crazy when we closed a $600,000 wholesale. If we can consistently close a million dollars a month, I don't know what I'd do with myself. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, I can get you guys there. We knew that too that we could get us there in our sleep. Now, would me and Clint have eventually gotten there? That's what I did on the back end analyzing the whole thing was, I was like, yeah, Clint, like me and you, we can figure this out. We're gonna hit so many bumps in the road. It's like a cheat code having Ren. How much of an advantage from a timeline perspective is having a cheat code like Ren gonna give us? Yep, and, and, and you know, back to what you said about the pie, it's like, yeah, I'm giving up a lot of my pie, but our pie is going to be so big now. It's getting a lot bigger. It's going to be so much bigger where, yeah, I may be giving up a big piece of the pie, but I'm going to be making more in the long run from this move. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys speak about like the RAI degree? I know you guys started it about like four or five months ago. And it's like that was a totally different stage of where you guys' company was like yeah. prior to Ren and what your guys' intention was with having um, REI degree and what are you guys going to do in terms of coaching students in the future or are you guys going to do that? Yeah, so we, I've got big plans for that. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's just uh, right now it's just a time thing. I'm really focused on on Padley and, and growing this out. But, um, you know, back to what I said before, I just want to help people and I can – help people get to hundred K a month pretty easily. Now, uh, I know the path, how to get there. And, uh, so back to what I was saying with helping people, um, I want to build out a huge coaching division. I want to change the courses of people's business and, and lives. And, uh, we're going to have a lot of offerings coming and, uh, Ren is now going to be a partner in that as well. Um, so we're going to be having a lot of offerings here soon, uh, for people to join. Um, it's not not ready yet. We are actually looking for a COO of the company, but um, there's going to be a lot of stuff with it soon. Um, but I'm super thankful that Jesse, you joined our our program. You've been one of the action takers and and you know someone who's implementing some of the ideas. Because some students, you know, no matter what knowledge you give them, um, they're just not going to take what you tell them and, and and not do it. So it you know it's up to the person to take action, and you've done a, a great job of that. Um, but you know, some of our students have had some massive success. Yeah. I remember, I know Justin Bourne, um, specifically, like he's closing his first wholesale deal, uh, this month and he's going to make like $80,000 on that. Mm -hmm. Like he'd never done a wholesale deal and it's because he, we gave him the information and he implemented it. Um, so that's, you know, super rewarding for me is, is just seeing people succeed from me helping them. Um, so there, there's big plans for it. Um. Uh, we're just in the early stages of it, but it's going to be a huge company. I mean, uh, I think we can be as big as Future Flipper, um, you know, uh, Collective Genius. I think we can be as big as all those. So, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you got anything else you want to ask, Clinton? Tyler? Um, hmm. I'd like to ask some questions. What about you guys? What's your plans? What's your plans for improvement? What's your plans like over the next year? So with us, we're trying to shoot to do $2 million in revenue between August of this year and August of next year because it took us about six months since we first started our partnership to figure out our infrastructure and figure out that Kenny cannot be a project manager. <laughs> Absolutely, that's not happening anymore. And then 
uh, it took us about you know the six months to bring all the people that we have on board. And if we do expand, we're going to probably add two more people in-house at Moe's because we're lacking a transaction coordinator and we're probably lacking one other thing that, you know, it's a essential glue piece of the puzzle. You need to figure out what that role would be. Maybe it's a COO or maybe it's CFO, like fractional CFO. So I'm trying to figure that out. But for the most part, um, we're kind of at a crossroads because people are introducing shiny objects to us, like new construction. But I'm like, uh, you know, $100,000 spreads just sound really nice. Doing a lot less deals sound very nice. But, you know, to see what you guys are doing and being laser focused and narrow and try and be the best at that craft, like we're very good at flipping and we're very good at acquisition. We just need to get better at that. Like maybe we bring on a partner who does the new construction for us because there's people who are introducing those things to us. And it's like, what if we partner with them and we're not involved at all? What if we just, because I'm very good at, raising capital, um, finding key relationships, meeting people. And I'm dialing a lot of my energy and effort into the media as that's going to open up a lot more doors in order for us to, you know, get at tables, get at rooms, just like this one, have high level conversations, build a relationship. And that's why I love like the mobile podcast concept. Like we're going to go try to go to Texas within the next five months and then go to California and try to have conversations similar to this one building in-person relationships because I see people doing the podcast over the air and do you feel like, you know, the people maybe like, I don't want to call like David Green or Rob Bill, but they just do everything over the podcast and it's like very transactional. It's like, oh, we were set up the schedule for you to talk to this person and then talk to this person. But like, is the relationship actually being built? Sure. You know, so that's one of the big things that I saw and I really value in my entire life is the relationships and the value that we can add to other people. And like we want to create content, uh, we want to do this as uh, a way to give value to people who um, want content for their own channels as well, and that we can kind of what's it called manufacture some uh, some content in exchange for the conversation. Sure, right. So that's like one of the big things where it's just like this is not a monetary exchange as much as an exchange of value. So this was part of the business plan, and Kenny's back at home. Uh, running the acquisitions department, you know, right now he's a runner, but we need to do a lot more things over the phone. That's what we learned by seeing your guys's operation. Yep. And I think by going to Collective Genius, uh, if I can make more relationships, talk to more people, walk through some of their operations, like I really want to see Stephanie and Steph, uh, Stephanie and Zach Better's operation, how they do it because they literally doubled in a year, and they're in North Carolina, so it's not, it's like half the distance from us to here yeah so it's like if we can see more people like that and then bring you know members of our team like josh over or even caleb so we can do the podcast and add value in that way and in exchange we see their operations we think we can get to even bigger than a two million dollar a year company sure. relatively soon but yeah that's kind of just a one-year goal right now yeah um so my advice on what you said is um if you guys are best at, you know, acquisitions and, and, you know, flipping houses, I would say double down on that and don't do the new construction. Uh, Tyler knows we, we had some shiny objects and flipping some luxury houses back in, in, uh, you know, the end of last year. And it was a terrible decision. Uh, it's been a huge time suck, a huge money suck, and we're going to end up losing money on the deal, significant amount of money. So my recommendation there is just keep doing what you're doing and get better at that versus 
getting the shiny object syndrome, trying something new um, until you're super dialed in yeah. with what you're doing and getting to a, and get to a place where where you want to be with it. So yeah. that's just my recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, what are some of your goals, man? So I'm buying my first property and I'm going to rent out six other six bedrooms to total strangers. So right now I want to learn the, well, I already know how to buy a house, but the construction, because we have to do like nothing crazy, probably like $20,000 worth of work, but I have no experience with any of that. And then next would be like vetting tenants to be able to rent six bedrooms out. Yeah. And then once I build that out, I'm buying with a partner. I'd like to be Jesse's main buyer and buy a bunch of single family homes and rent them out by the room. So I'm getting coached by this guy, Sam Wiegert, who has like 600 tenants in like, I don't know how many houses. So my goal is 50 houses in five years. But right now I just want to like, create a process for what I'm doing now. That way it's easier to scale. Dude, we were having a crazy conversation on the way down, driving last night through the night. I was just like, dude, what if we just find these houses? You built the entire system in order to like chop up the houses and you know rent to these room by room tenants. That's like massive cash flow. We keep the houses, do the depreciation. You know, we take more of these houses or houses in to the company. Keep them. I raise the money. You do all the work. You know, you build. You hire the people, and then it's just like, oh, we have a whole separate arm of the company. That'd be that'd be nuts. Yeah. And then that way, you know, Josh could work with us forever. We could literally work together forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you just start off as acquisition now. Maybe you just teach somebody else to do it underneath you later, and then you know you can step away from acquisitions, or you can still do it. You know, because you, you want to find the specific house that fits your archetype. So I was like, man, there's some some great ideas. Just driving in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, you guys have any last takeaways that you guys want to offer the audience or um, last thoughts? I mean, I think the big takeaway from this podcast should be that, you know, when you see a a great opportunity in front of your hands, act quick and act fast um, because that's, you know, been been the game changing thing for us. So that's that's really my my last thoughts. Tyler, you got anything? Uh, Yeah, that and on top of that is just, uh, you know, hiring the right people and building the best team and overpaying for it if you have to. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for your hospitality, you know, yeah, your Southern you. hospitality, <laughs> inviting us into the basement. I'm really sorry if you guys are hearing a lot of bumps from upstairs. They're literally in a basement or you hear the sales team in the background. Yeah. I hope that, you know, and the train in the beginning too. Yeah. Hey, we, we, it's had, a vibe. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we, we, we have humble beginnings, right? Like we've been in this office for about a year now and we have a new office that we're doing like a close to a $200,000 renovation to. Um, and we're going to have an awesome office here soon, but this is where we started and this is kind of, you know, where we built it. So, um, I don't think it's bad to have humble beginnings, but, uh, I wish we had the nice office for you. We'll have to do the night, a nice office tour next time. So yeah. we'll do a part two to this yeah, podcast. Part two. Man, it was just amazing walking in, seeing the energy and seeing the hustle. And it's just like, Wolf of Wall Street vibes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So except, got- except where they're honest though. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, I love it. So if you guys, you know, uh, if people want to reach out, get in contact with you guys, inquire more about REI degree or um, maybe even work for your guys' company, how could they get a hold of you guys? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Clint Closer, on TikTok at Clint Closer, 
on Facebook at Clint Cooper. Um, yeah, those, those are the main, uh, channels that I'm on. I've actually got a lot of content I'm building out right now. I have some technical issues this weekend filming some content, but there'll be a lot of content posted soon. And I hope I can add a lot of value to you guys. But if you ever have questions, please reach out on social media. I don't have a ton of social media presence, but uh, my Instagram is flipped with Tyler. You can DM me there. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. why he's the COO. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks guys. Cool. All right, cool. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yep. Thank you.